0: Well, hi, if you're new here, my name's Darian. I'm Chesley. And this is the Weird Wives Club podcast where we talk about all kinds of kooky stuff like conspiracy theories and true crime, ghost stories, cult things, pretty much whatever we want to talk about that might go bump in the night. Yeah. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you can stick around and not get
1: out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Bye!
0: Don't waste your time anymore. (laughs) If you could wait to like the 30 minute mark, that'd be great. You know, give us a little bit of watch time. But, you know, you do you. Why not. Today, we are talking about true crime. And specifically, we each chose unsolved child murders.
1: You know, fun stuff.
0: Depresso. (laughs) A little bit. Um. So, I actually thought it would be a really good idea is if we talked about, like, our really depressing stories, and then, uh, maybe at the end, or at the beginning, whichever one, but maybe, like, at some point we could talk about, like, something exciting and happy and not, like...
1: So, they died. They all died. Yes. Yeah. So, like, this is a
0: dead child. Like, yeah. that's really sad. And so... I mean, like, should... a dead anybody is really sad, but, like, specifically, that really, like, hits your heart. Yeah. So, uh, I thought it would be cool if we, like, I don't know, said something good that we we saw this week or something. Some good in humanity. Don't look at me like that or like, something. I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, you know what? There's actually like a happy news. Hold on. I'm gonna Google it. Hold on. There's like a good news network and they only show good news. Oh, I like so, that. Um, so it's like, it'd be nice for,
1: like ghost stories aren't really that bad because they're like. Yeah, but like our extra
0: bummers.
1: Yeah. Especially um, more like relevant and recent, recent ones It'd yeah. be.
0: Well, and like, Spoiler alert, I'm doing Kaylee Anthony. And that, I mean, I remember watching yeah. it go down. And this was in, like, 2011, so I was a teenager. Yeah. So, um... I was a freshman in high school. hmm So, uh, Chesley started last time, so I'm gonna start. Kaylee Anthony was born on August 9th, 2005. Also, sorry, interjection. So, a lot of people, when they tell this story, they focus on Casey, And I really wanted to focus on Kaylee. So a lot of my information is about Kaylee and like what happened to Kaylee and not a ton on Casey, her mom.
1: You heard enough about her.
0: Yeah, um, I I really wanted to know more about like Kaylee. Um, It's I mean, obviously, there is still a lot about Casey because it's her trial. But um, I didn't really care when she was born. Like what happened to her? I just I don't really care. Um, Let's skip over her. Um, So, anyway. So, Kaylee Anthony was born on August 9th, 2005. She lived in Orlando, Florida with her mother, Casey Anthony, and her maternal grandparents, which is Casey's mom and dad, George and Cindy Anthony. On July 15th, 2008, uh, Cindy, the mom, reported her missing and said that she hadn't seen her for 31 days and that um, Casey's car, she said that it smelled like someone had died in there. Cindy would say that casey had lots of stories about kaylee um and where she was and kaylee and casey's parents were really close because they all lived together and she's like three by this time so she can talk and walk and she can do all these things so not seeing your grandchild for 31 days from going to seeing her every day to not seeing her for 31 days is super concerning and casey always had an excuse like oh she's with the nanny oh she's with this person oh she's sleeping oh she's that so they hadn't talked to her in 31 days george said that on june 16th 2008 casey left the house and the reason that casey left their house is not it's kind of disputed because some people said that she said that she was going to take kaylee with her on a work trip and some people said that um Casey had gotten to an argument with her parents and just took Kaylee with her and said peace out and she was borrowing a car from her parents and she didn't have a job she lied about having a job but they obviously didn't know that and she said that she would leave Casey or uh, Casey said that she would leave Kaylee with the nanny and her name was Zanita Fernandez Gonzalez and would call her Zanny so she would be like, "Oh, she's with Sanny. Oh, she's with Zanny. Zanny the nanny. That's like this whole thing." So eventually, the parents found out that Casey's car was in a tow yard. They called the owner of the car, which was George, and said that the car was in the tow lot. It turns out that Casey went to a like a check cashing place, basically, and brought her check there to cash but didn't have enough money to get gas beforehand. That's all really sketchy too, of like why she ditched the car. But when George went to recover it from the yard attendant, they both said that they smelled something bad coming from the truck. The attendant said that it smelled like a decomposing body. And George used to be a cop. Mm. And he said that it smelled like a decomposing body. No duh, right? And if anybody in this scenario knows what a dead body smells like, it should be George as an ex-cop. Yeah. So in the trunk, there was only a trash bag, and he had brought it home to Cindy and was like, Hey, Cindy, like come out here and smell this car. It smells really, really bad. And so they went out there, Cindy uses an entire bottle of Febreze on the car. And they ditched the trash bag. So later on that day, Cindy um, like went to Casey's house. And she was living with her boyfriend at the time. And she went in there and found her doing drugs and couldn't find Kaylee anywhere. So she's like, what the heck? You're doing drugs. You can't find your daughter. And she's like, oh, she's with Zanny, she's with Sandy. So Cindy's like, okay, take me to Zanny. So they get in the car and she leads Cindy around all over the place and then finally says that Zanny kidnapped her. But no one's ever met Zanny, no one knows what she looks like. So Cindy calls the cops and says, there's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. End quote. She then calls the cops back and says, that her granddaughter's been missing for 31 days. And they're like, "Um, if you've known for 31 days that your child has been missing, why haven't you called? And she's like, well, it's not my child. It's my grandchild. It's my daughter's child. I didn't know she was missing, but she's been missing for 31 days. So, of course, the cops immediately come to Casey and are like, yo, hey, your kid's been missing for 31 days. What's up? And... They knew that she had lost her job at Universal Studios like years before and that she didn't work there because they're cops and they can figure that stuff out without Mm -hmm. your knowledge. And so investigators basically asked her to take them to Universal because she insisted that she worked there. And they walk around in circles for like an hour because they're like, we really want to talk to your boss, take us to your boss. They walk around in circles for an hour and she basically is like, yeah, I don't work here anymore and said that she had gotten fired like years before and that she doesn't work there anymore. So she was charged with giving a false statement. She was also charged with child neglect and obstruction of a criminal investigation. The judge said, heck no, I'm not giving her bail. But then said that Casey showed a quote, woeful disregard for the welfare of her child. So he was, he was not having it. He was not about this. Like he was like, yo, you're not acting right for somebody whose child's missing. So he was like, no bail. Well, after a month, She had to get bail, I guess, and it was a $500,000 bail bond. And it was only posted in hopes that she would like help with the investigation to find Kaylee. Her parents pay the bond, of course, so that she can get out. And she gets like an ankle monitor, basically. She gets a tracking device. On August 11th, 12th, and 13th, 2008, so almost a month later, this man is a meter reader and he calls he calls about a suspicious object in the forest near the Anthony residence and claims it's a human skull he literally called three times like I just three times the first two times well the first time the cops basically like didn't go out there the second time a cop did go out there and said that he didn't see anything and the third time they went out there and lo and behold there is a skull and I really and truly admire this man's perseverance and like his, his dedication to this. Like there's a skull in there and it's still not being found and they just like left it out there for days. And they come in search. Obviously, like I said, there's the remains of a child. There was duct tape hanging from the hair that was still attached to the skull with some tissue left. And over the next few days, more bones were found. So there's some plot holes for me in this. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's the article that I read, the articles I read, the videos I watched, I don't know. But for me, the first plot hole that I found is like, Where was the trash bag? Why didn't you look in the trash bag? That would be my first
1: question. Is yes, even even if it is something gross, if you like for a cop who's like who should know what a dead body smells like and you think that it smells like a dead body, why would you not check the trash bag? Now, I can understand like being worried of what you might find, but wouldn't you rather be I'd rather find out it's a dead rabbit or a dead dog or something. Obviously, now that I would not want it to be a dead dog either but like <laughs> i would
0: still want to make sure i that mean i'd rather be a dead dog than a dead human chesley mm. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> my dogs are my children
1: oh my gosh <laughs> um but i would still look even to check to make sure
0: it's not just rotting garbage and i can tell you from experience i have smelled many a dead body with many a different decom like decomposition levels there is nothing in this world at any level of decomposition that you could ever mistake for a dead body yeah i have never smelt anything like it and it's one of those smells i think as a human i honestly like i'd love to be able to do some research on this somewhere i honestly think it's one of those smells that like as humans we are attuned to i think that as humans we are biologically predisposed to be able to smell decomposition and be like we need to get out of here there's a dead body like something bad happened to this person we're next or this animal or whatever like i think we are predisposed to know that like decomposition equals bad get out of there it's one of those that like makes you really like the first time you ever smell it You really kind of just want to, like, turn around and go. Like, I get it. It's absolutely horrible. But you want to make sure that that bag... And she said that she thought it was rotting pizza. No. The mom said she thought it was rotting pizza. That's why she was like, okay. (laughs) Who eats pizza in the car, first of all? I've never known a single person. And how would you
1: even consider... I mean, the freaking towing guy attendant was like,
0: that smells like a dead body. The cop, the dad, slash cop, said, that smells like a dead body. Like... Cindy, on the cop call, on the phone call to the police said, that smells like a dead body. It smells like someone died in there.
1: And I'm sorry, but I feel like a, even if it had been in there for a long time, a pizza, I feel like it would still have It smells like kind, mold. Yeah. Anything there's like... There's bread, there's Italian seasonings type stuff. So you would have some kind of smell. Yes. Even cheese, even rotting cheese has a specific smell. So you would even know one of those scents.
0: Not, oh, that's... Well, like okay, so what I attribute like rotting food smell to is like if you've ever, like, left milk sitting mm-hmm. out, it's kind of like that rancid, mildewy, like moldy, yeah, sour type smell. Decomposition's not anything like that. I don't even know how to describe it to someone who's never smelt it. See, I've never, I mean, I mean, I smell because like it's that odd.
1: I guess I've never really noticed it, but I mean, I've been around dead
0: animals before, yeah. but but like immediately dead animals, yeah, which is and an immediately dead person. Is a completely different smell. Yeah. They smell like a person. I don't ever. I, I never got close enough to really know. Like the but, closest I've ever gotten to like
1: a decomposition smell wasn't even a decomposition smell. When we did euthanasia at the vet clinic, we had a deep freeze in the back mm-hmm. that we'd have to place the animal in until the cremation service could come and get them. And that freezer did not smell great, but it, it was also very clean. It didn't have liquids of any kind yeah. in it, so it's not like there was a mess. We bagged them up so they wouldn't get anything anywhere, but there was still, like, a certain smell
0: to mm-hmm. it. That's a dead body smell.
1: But it wasn't, like, a bad, bad smell. Like, yeah. it was just, like, Our a... fridge had a it weird was...
0: smell, but it was dark, it was dank, it was yeah. wet, it was... It dripped. There are dead bodies in and out of it. There's decomposing bodies. We did have dead
1: bodies. chicks and dead baby rabbits in our freezer because oh they would, like, find gosh. it in, like, the backyard. Because we had a backyard at the vet clinic, and so if they found one that died... They would just, like, put it in the freezer, and then just nobody ever told the cremation service, hey, we have these dead animals, so they just sat there. And then one of our doctors had a hunting dog, and he would keep, like, ducks and stuff for him to practice on. So I was like, ew. Ew. Not okay. Gross. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. I don't know why that's so much worse to me. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're, like, they're like cute little babies. Cute little babies. Yeah, babies were... I know this sounds bad. Babies sucked, but, like, the ones that always sucked the worst for me were, like, a little bit older of a kid. It's like, man, you just got started. Exactly. Like, and they're, like,
1: old enough to, like, have memories. Of what, what would yeah. you say? I don't think I've ever asked you this. What is the youngest that you think that you've done?
0: That I've done an done? autopsy on? Oh, like, a three-day-old baby.
1: Are you serious? Yeah.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Why are they doing autopsy? was like... Because the mom was on all kinds of drugs. Okay. And, I just didn't um, know if it was, like...
1: And so like a
0: stillborn or a miscarriage and stuff like that doesn't require an autopsy, but a baby that is born alive and has been alive for a certain amount of time usually requires an autopsy unless there is a known congenital defect. Like an actual something that happened at birth or something. Yes. Okay. Especially if mom is known to do drugs or alcohol, um, they want to be able to basically say like child neglect or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um that case also there was some suspicion about the baby daddy had like beaten her and that's the reason she had gone into labor and like Mm there's a lot of like accusations that you know we never know are true or not because we just get people's word yeah um so that was the youngest um I've also like seen autopsies on five-year-old seven-year-old um thirteen. Oh my god. But as like teenagers more likely it is a suicide, which it's the suicide is the third leading cause of death for teenagers.
1: Hmm.
0: Which really and When you told sex. me stories
1: before, I just always immediately picture them as an adult. Yeah. Like I don't think of any younger age, so I'm like, oh all the, all those dead yeah. people are only adults. Well and
0: I mean we're not big. We're we're are i I'm like five three. Like yeah. we're we're not that tall. So, and now that I've been teaching, it's like, I always was like, oh my gosh, all these high schoolers look like adults now. And like, you get there and you're like, y'all look like children. Yeah. Like, I'm not mistaken for a child ever. And I look pretty young. Like, I got good skin. I got good <laughs> jeans. Like, I, if I got anything going for me is that I look young. Yeah. But, um, I've never been mistaken for a child at the school, like a teenager, And, um, so to see, like, a 13-year-old who's, like, an 8th grader who wants to kill themselves, it's like, honey, just keep going. Like, you got this. The world is so much better when you just get to do your own thing. It will get better. You just gotta keep working. Like, you just gotta get through it. And it's like, I know this sounds terrible, but I even tell kids, it's like, you know, when you turn 23, colleges don't ask for transcripts anymore. If you are not mentally capable of getting through high school with great grades, get through with decent grades to pass, pass till you have a high school degree, and then go do something better. Yeah. Like, you you just have to get out of here. Yeah. And high school freaking sucks. Yeah. Like, I want to, I hope that I'm a teacher that people can feel like they can come to with their problems, and I can help offer some kind of a solution or some sort of way to just power through it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've already decided my only rule in my classroom is gonna be like give respect, get respect kind yeah. of thing. So like it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk during my lecture, that's not respectful. You're you have my respect because you're a human being. Every single human being gets a base level of respect for me, but you're not going to get the same good treatment that everybody else is going to get if you're going to talk to her in my lecture. Yeah. So, because I think it's so stupid to, like, give kids a hundred rules. It's, like, they, they're kids, and if they can't feel like they can interject my lecture with something funny, we're in the wrong classroom, yeah. man, because my, my lecture's got jokes built in. Well, that in. It makes, <laughs> it makes your
1: job harder if you have to keep them up on these rules, and I feel like that's when kids normally act out more is because they don't want to follow the rules – they're trying. We want to be funny. They want to. They want attention. They need something. Well,
0: let's be honest. I'm a teacher because I'm funny and I want right? attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if y'all ain't laughing at my jokes, somebody better offer a better joke because right? I'd like to hear it. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, um, I'm also super unimpressed with the the police, uh, with the police response. I'm a little annoyed that, like, this man had to call three times to say there's a dead body in the
1: woods and y'all don't show up to like, the third call. Oh, just wait till you get to my story and you will hate police even more. Mm. They stupid. But still, like, the fact that he calls three times, it is a dead body. If he was like, oh, I found a dead dog on the side of the road. No big deal. And there
0: is, <laughs> don't get me started on this, there is no <laughs> way that you're gonna look at a human skull and be like, and say, oh, that's a dog. Or you're gonna look at a dog skull and go, "Oh, it's a human." No one's gonna do that. No. Not Unless even you a are child. one messed up
1: child with some deformities going on. Even then,
0: we—I st- mean, it is still, still so there's Still, there has
1: to be some <sighs>
0: basic shape. This is a four foot long bone, and like, there's a lot of difference, like, between a human bone and a and an animal bone. And there are some animals that are harder to distinguish between humans. Don't get me wrong. And I went to school for this. I went to school to tell the difference between skeletal remains and non-skele and our human skeletal remains and animal skeletal remains. That's that's my gig. That's my, my bread and butter. But I feel like most people who find a bone in a field that's four feet long can go, oh, this looks like a cow.
1: Yes. Or a deer. Or whatever. Or can at least figure out, okay, I am sitting in a field. I saw some cows over there. It's either going to be a cow bone, or hey, there's trees right there. Maybe there's yeah. a deer in the area, a coyote,
0: yeah. a dog, a cat. It would be really hard for me, like if I found like a pretty bare skull of an animal to call the police. I would probably just. Like, I but see, I wouldn't. I'd like, take it home with me. Yes, and look at my new friend, and Logan would be like, "That has maggots on it." He'd be like, "The maggots are extra friends." Yes, <laughs> maggots don't bite. not live people they're scared of live people i don't ever have a problem with i that's a lie (laughs) i did not know (laughs) this is so gross i'm so sorry we can cut this part out if you want (laughs) but i'm just gonna tell you um i have no problem with maggots i have no problem with like we've had bodies that had ants on them or whatever i don't like spiders but that doesn't usually happen spiders don't really like dead bodies but um I did not know that jumping maggots existed. You told me about these. Yes. Until one day they brought in a body in a body bag. And normally they didn't zip up the body bag all the way because you have a most likely freshly deceased person who is probably still a little bit warm um, in a body bag. And then you're going to put them in the fridge. That body's going to warm up and decompose faster, which makes our job harder to determine the cause of death. So uh, when I opened the bag, I did not expect to have jumping maggots. I expected, you know, I expected decomposition because the bag was zipped. Um, But when I opened it and it started jumping, I literally like zipped it back up so fast. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, what? And I was like, something just jumped out at me. And they were like, well, it's probably a jumping maggot. I said, excuse me? What did you just say? Did you just jump? They don't have legs. I
1: understand maggots, but jumping maggots. I
0: I understand what you're telling me, but I don't understand how the science works. So I had to go home and I had to Google how jumping maggots work, and they literally like curl their tails underneath them, and then poof. Like Tigger. Like Tigger. (laughs) Tigger (laughs) the jumping maggots. Tigger the jumping maggots. (laughs) I yeah so that spooked me for a minute but then after I dealt with it the first time I never had to deal with it again I don't know why it was like that one time but (laughs) it was terrible I was like why are they jumping on me at least like the regular ones they kind of fall off and you go squeeze. like like, "Mm -hmm." and I'm like I'm sorry I have to squish you but if you don't if I don't squish you you're gonna turn into a fly and flies are really annoying and much harder to kill sorry buddy um so in December 19th, 2008, the medical examiner confirms that the remains of Kaylee Anthony, um, she confirms that the remains are in fact Kaylee Anthony and um, rules the death as a homicide because of the tape that was found over her mouth and um, puts the cause of death as undetermined. Now, I 150% agree with the way that she ruled this. Um, Uh, she said that the reason that she ruled it as a homicide is because there is no child that should have duct tape on its face when it dies. Mm -hmm. And I completely and utterly agree with that. And I, like I said, I completely agree with the, um, ruling of a homicide because homicide does not necessarily equal murder. Mm -hmm. It means that another human had something to do with this other human's death. Yes. Um, so, the fact that there's a bag, there's the trash bag, there's, um, she was found with a Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh blanket, and she, like I said, with the duct tape over her mouth, that <laughs> entails that there was somebody else at the scene, and yes. somebody had something to do with her duct She didn't ledger. just
1: wander out into the, into the, the grass area where she was found. With duct tape over found. her mouth.
0: She's not playing with duct tape. Exactly. Like, no. Not with a bag. Especially not mm-hmm. with a bag. Um, And she says that um, there was chloroform evidence in the car and that even a small amount of chloroform could have killed Kaylee. Um, So um, on October 14th, before Kaylee was even found, um, Casey was indicted by a grand jury for first-degree murder Aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and four counts of providing false information to the police. Policed? There's a T on the end of police now. Um, To the police. And she was arrested and the judge ordered that she had to be held without a bond. On October 21st, they actually dropped the charges of child neglect um, because I guess the state's attorney didn't really think that there was enough evidence for child neglect. (laughs) <laughs> like that's um, like
1: the ultimate neglect is
0: death yeah um so there wasn't there wasn't really enough evidence for child neglect and that they really wanted to focus on getting basically getting her on murder charges because there was a deceased child and this sounds really bad but the way that i understood what he said was like hey you know it doesn't matter if she was neglected now She's dead. So we need to get whoever killed her done. Yeah. We need to get them done-zo. On October 28th, she pleads not guilty to all the charges. Shocker. Mm -hmm. Um, So then on April 13th, 2009, prosecutors announced that they were seeking the death penalty. And um, from now on, I am basically just going to be irritated. (laughs) I'll just warn you that I'm just not going to be that much fun because I just am just going to be mad. Um, there were 400 pieces of evidence presented. I'm just going to name a few because 400 sounds like we're going to be here for eternity. <laughs> um, a strand of hair from the trunk of the car was found and it was said to be similar to Kaylee, Cindy, or Casey's. But it was basically an identical match to the uh, hair follicle that was found on Casey's hairbrush that they connected to too, And it showed root banding. And root banding is like a dark band on the root of a hair that has been um, involved in a decompositional event. So when the body decomposes, there's this dark band that shows and anyway... So it's not Casey or Cindy, basically, is what Yeah, because they're not dead. <laughs> exactly. Um, sorry, that's not funny, but it is. Um, a They showed a forensic report that showed air sampling performed in the trunk of Casey's car, showed that there had been a decompositional event. I'd just like to say that the judge said that the jury would not be allowed to smell the air samples. And I'm just not even really sure why that was ever a question. I didn't write that down because I really didn't think it was that important, but I just <laughs> thought about it. And I was like, how weird that that was ever in question. Like, anyway. Um, <laughs> investigators that looked at the trunk said that it smelt strongly of decomposition, and they should know that is their they do that. job. That's their thing. Um, there was chloroform found in the car. And, um... I wrote on here, I'm not really sure how you get a hold of chloroform. And I put question marks. I'm so glad I decided not to Google it. Um, But anyway, I didn't Google it. Um, If somebody knows how to get a hold of chloroform, keep it to yourself because I don't want any weirdos trying to come at me. (laughs) Um, There were 700 documents presented. Your eye roll it was audible. I wish you guys could literally hear the eye roll. I literally looked up from my laptop because I was like, wow, someone just rolled their eyes. Uh, 700 uh, documents on top of the 400 pieces of evidence. One of them included her Google history that included neck breaking, how to make chloroform. And chloroform was searched 84 times. Because that's a normal Tuesday night. My poor chloroform. 84 times? 84 times! I, I think the only thing in my life that I have Googled 84 times is Brendan Fraser, the mummy. <laughs> Multiple times. See, I'm that way with the show
1: Hollyoaks, which is like a British show. Literally never heard of it. Yeah, I didn't know about it for the longest time. You can't even like really watch it in the U.S. You can only watch it on Hulu, and there's... 27 seasons it's Holy been going on since cow. like 1995 it is the most dramatic like soap opera that i've ever seen and i love it i do love the soap opera. oh my god it is so good there's like there was like an old lady serial killer there was oh i'm in it's awesome well she's dead now but well, that's disappointing i know well it's good because she kept killing people that she didn't need to kill but there's so many and I love it. But that's the only thing that you would see in my search history so many times. It's Hollyoaks. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to stand by my mummy. <laughs> I could probably ask my husband, Logan, and be like, what do you think my search history for, like, most search things would be? And he'd probably say that.
1: So back to the 700
0: document. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes. you <laughs> back to it. Um, <laughs> no, 84, 84 four times. Yeah, 84 times. 84, 84 times. Supposedly, nobody apparently allegedly. (laughs) um, There was a flaw in the software that misread the data, and that it said that it had only been searched one time, and that the website that was clicked on showed that it was used in the 19th century. But in my mind, if you're going to look up chloroform, I would look, and I wanted to know about chloroform in the 19th century. I'd look up chloroform 19th century. Or old world chloroform uses, or whatever. I would Google something a little more specific so that I didn't look sketchy. Yeah. Uh, because I'll Google some weird stuff sometimes. Let me tell you. Um, you know, as the true crime fanatics that we are, <laughs> um, sometimes like the suicide hotline comes up on my computer because <laughs> of whatever I'm searching. Yes. Or like when I look up when I
1: was looking up crime scene photos for like Jamie Ramsey, There was a lot of like, cr- like. If you know of anybody who's committed a crime, go to this like website or yes. like, call this number. I'm like, yeah, my bad. Right, and it's, <laughs> I'm like, not trying to look this up, but I'm trying
0: to look this it's up. It's not because I know anything. I'm googling this because I don't know anything. Yes. <laughs> but like, I feel like there's just like a lot of things that we could look up as the people that we are and as the things that we do that could lead to maybe our FBI agent being a little bit concerned about this. <laughs> yes. However, okay, it's okay. We have a podcast. That's I right. have never looked up just the word chloroform. To me, that's like we're looking up like how to kill my husband. Yes. It's very suspicious. Even Nobody, though if that's it, the name of some like crazy obscure movie that you've never heard of in your entire life that you want to watch. What with. what is the movie blah blah blah? Like whatever. Type in how to kill your husband movie. Like, make yourself less suspicious, my Seriously. man. Seriously.
1: Because chloroform is not a word that comes up in everyday use at no. all. No.
0: I nothing. have never just brought up chloroform.
1: Like, yeah, so I had lunch yesterday and there was some chloroform there. Oh you, my know, gosh.
0: Like, you know, it's whatever. Like, it's not how it works. So, um, I guess detectives that were at the scene said that there was residue on the duct tape that was on her mouth that looked like it was from a heart shaped sticker. But the lab was not, like, nobody took pictures of it. There's of not. The investigator that was there actually like went on the stand to testify she said when she saw it she told her superior about it she noted it in her notes and she did not take a picture of it number one rule take a picture or it didn't happen seriously this is, didn't happen. this is this is 2011 this is 2008 this is 2008 when everything's happening but still take a picture there's pictures so she didn't take a picture of it They subjected it to DNA testing and dye testing for fingerprints and didn't find the heart residue on the sticker. I don't know. That was just mentioned multiple times and I felt like it was important. There was a blanket that was found, like I said, that matched the bedding from Kaylee's bedding at her grandparents' home. Um, Kaylee's ex-boyfriend, Ricardo Morales, had a picture on his computer of a man leaning over a woman with a rag that said, we're going right back to that irritation, win her over with chloroform. First
1: of all, ew. <laughs> www.hadtocommitterrape.com is what I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ew. Ew, ew, ew. That's so gross. If that website exists, I'd i don't know disgusting. if it does. I just made it up, but... i Who sure knows? It because people are absolutely Who disgusting. Who knows? So, um, yeah. First of all, ew. Second of all, um... <laughs> if he had nothing to do with any of this, like, that's great. You know, good for him. Glad he didn't, like, murder a child or get rid of a body. But, um, you're still nasty. Yeah. And, um... I hope you're single because you don't deserve, you another, deserve to be single. Uh, another person in your yes. life to love you because Gross. your uh, sense of humor is trash. Like if Logan had that on his computer, I'd be totally questioning like are you everything?
1: Are you, is there something going on there, buddy? Like are you, you good mentally there?
0: good? Um, I guess a cadaver dog signaled a high alert of human do- of human decomposition in the trunk of Casey's car. Hmm. But they basically tried to like the um the defense basically tried to, like, discredit the dog. And I was like, out of all of these things, do not discredit this dog. He is a hard-working yes. dog. He's just trying to that provide. That is the one
1: thing that he does in life, and he does it well, and he gets treats for it, not like you.
0: He's okay. just trying to provide for himself and his family. Yes. And you're trying He's to, working
1: like, hard, and you're mm-hmm. hardly working. He's Jerk. a hard-working pup.
0: <laughs> basically, the prosecutors said that Casey was a party girl, And killed her daughter to free herself of parental responsibility and the defense said that Kaylee drowned in the pool and that Casey's dad George had found her and told Casey that she would spend the rest of her life in jail and that they needed to cover it up and that's why Casey went on to live her life normally for 31 days after her death and she said that she was used to hiding her pain and pretending like nothing was wrong because her dad, George, had sexually assaulted her her um, since she was eight. And that her brother, Lee, had also been sexually abusing her.
1: That's still... That's, no.
0: You still killed someone.
1: Not an excuse to kill your daughter. No. If you really don't want your daughter, you have grandparents right there. See, hand her over. See ya. Adoption. I'm gone. Adoption. Like, or maybe you just shouldn't have a kid in the first
0: place. That's a whole, I didn't include that because I was like, Casey's trash. I'm not including that. But she was, originally she got pregnant and she was basically like, I'm not going to keep the baby. I'm not going to keep the baby. Well, then she was pregnant for seven months and was wearing baggy clothes and hiding it. And did not tell her parents until she was seven months pregnant. And then she was like, I'm going to give the baby up for adoption. And Cindy was like, absolutely not. You're not going to do that. We're going to take care of this baby. And they were, like, stoked that she was pregnant. And she was 19. Um, So, yeah. There's no evidence that George or Lee ever sexually assaulted Casey. Not to discredit her. But um, she, I guess, was known to be a liar even all throughout, like, high school She was known to be the kind of person that would lie just about anything from what they said. She also was a partier. She was a, she was a substance abuser. She drank a lot and she was only 19. Um, and I think that has something to do with your, not only your mental health, but also memory and being able to tell the truth and things like that. Like, I think that those kinds of substances could really mess with that, um, so they also claimed that the media reader that had removed Kaylee's skeletal remains from another location, and that the police department wanted to feed the media frenzy about a child murder instead of it being a, a quote, mundane drowning. Because a child drowning is... That's just
1: too boring, you know? Too boring.
0: I um, I don't think that's what happened. I have no. to say that um a murder is a lot more paperwork yeah than maybe. um a drowning yeah and 99.9 percent of people with uh, actual like lives don't want to do all the paperwork yeah <laughs> so i'm sure they would have been happy to call it a drowning if that's what it is my biggest thing this i'm telling you i'm just so freaking <laughs> frustrated with this whole story if i had known i was gonna be so freaking pissed off the whole time i wouldn't have done it but i'm doing it I have never met someone in my entire life who would make an accident look like a homicide. I've met plenty of people who would make a homicide homicide look look like an accident. accident. There's an entire TV show about it, I'm sure. But you're making an accident look like a homicide? Why? That's just too much. That's where I'm at. George was called to the witness stand and said that he... um, that he did not smell the decomposition smell in Casey's car on June 24th, the last time he saw her, but she that he did smell it on July 15th when he picked up the car from the tow lot. Um, her mom said that in her 911 call that she did say that it smelled like someone died, but that was just a figure of speech.
1: No, your cop husband would not have you say that if you thought it was nothing. I would never say
0: that to, I think most people who call the police to report something like that, like not in a, an immediate danger situation, you know what I mean? And I mean like her grieving process can be her grieving process, but if I thought that my child had done something to my grandchild, I would obviously be distraught. Yeah. But I'd also be very careful what I said to the police because everything you say comes back to you, especially on a recorded phone
1: conversation to the police. It's not like back in the day when they didn't record that crap.
0: Yeah. So, um, and as in uh, her husband being next cop, she should know that. Yeah. So if you're going to say, it smells like someone died in here, they're going to use that against you, whether someone died in there or not. Um, What what I want to know is – did they ever
1: say anything about... So they said they got rid of the trash bag. Mm-hmm. What did they do with it? Did they go and it? I've been asking
0: myself that question on a daily basis. Because that's
1: what's missing is you guys said you threw it away. Did uh-huh. you throw it away or did you know that it was a dead body and go
0: bury your grandchild in the woods to cover it up? That's, that's my biggest question throughout this entire thing is where is the disconnect from where's the bag from the time it's taken out of... Kaylee's car or Casey's car I'm sorry from Casey's car to the time that it's found in the woods yeah where is it um we don't know nobody knows. I just
1: I still don't understand how you just don't check the bag what it like to me like I have trash bags in my garage right now full of clothes if that bag started smelling I'm gonna double check if I see another bag in there and I don't know which bag is mine I'm gonna go check both even if it has Nasty rotten trash from the last week or Absolutely. something gross. I'm going to at least look in it to make sure it's not something either important or just to clarify that it's nothing important. Mm-hmm. Like trash. Mm-hmm. Or something that smells bad. Like. Oh, percent Not that I want to sit here and smell bad things, but if the whole car smells like that, that I'm going to check the dang bag. Like, that, and that's where it makes no sense. If you think
0: you're irritated now, just wait. Oh, God. <laughs> They made Lee, the brother, take a paternity test to see if he was the father of Kaylee. The face you're making right now is the <laughs> face I made at my computer for 20 minutes after I read that.
1: Why is that even questioned? All of because well, yes, because she said that she was sexually abused? Yes.
0: Um... Cindy Anthony testified that they buried their pets in blankets inside of trash bags and then duct taped the opening and that she thought basically that Kaylee had drowned in the pool. George had found her told Kay told Casey that basically she was going to jail for the rest of her life and that they needed to cover it up and that that's why. Kaylee was found like that is because that's how they buried pets in their family
1: It's not a pet whether you're trying to cover it up or not like
0: I'm telling you if you think you're irritated now it gets worse oh God. I'm still telling you so Dr. Warner Spitz. he's in my story no he's not <laughs> I like, love how our stories like connect that way I know sometimes. I'm like, like
1: so 99% crazy. sure like like so he's
0: obviously a very famous pathologist yes that's what he, I was like that's what he is he's um he's done many autopsies on many famous people he assisted in the JFK assassination he performs a second autopsy on Kaylee and he was really upset because the first pathologist didn't open her skull and in every autopsy every every section of the body needs to always be examined that's the rule yeah it's always been a rule unless the family specifically says, I don't want X, Y, or Z done. It gets done. Mm. So, on that part, I completely 100% agree. Why didn't they open her skull? There could have been blunt force trauma. There was duct tape over her mouth. That could have given you a cause of death right there. Yeah. Like, you, that. The amount of things you can find out just from the skull alone. I know. I know. I shook. So, and I get, like, why someone may not want to do that because it is a child. Don't care. You still have to. You should want to do it for a child to Mm -hmm. find out. Mm -hmm. So, this is the part where I'm kind of, like, a little bit frustrated with what he said on the stand. Because he says that he thinks the tape was deliberately placed on the body after she was decomposed um, because there would have been DNA left behind. They tried to say that one of the searchers had an affair with George Anthony, um, but he said that wasn't true. There was some kind of weird text messages between them, and and he, like, went to her house, or she went to his house because he had, like, said something about committing suicide, so, and he, like, wrote a suicide note and was, like, going to kill himself because he wanted to be with Kaylee and didn't want to be on Earth anymore, and I know that everybody grieves differently, but in the same, like, time period, like, George wants to kill himself because he doesn't want to be on the Earth without Kaylee. Casey's out partying and drinking with her friends and living her best life. She gets a tattoo that says Bella Vita, which means beautiful life, during, like, that 31 days. And, like, after she got put on bail, or whatever. Anyway. (sighs) I get that everybody has a different grieving process. She had none. But your life. child just died.
1: You could have at least try not- to pretend to show some sympathy. Get her freaking name tattooed on you or
0: something. Instead of Bella Vita. Seriously. Because obviously you don't have like that beautiful life. Clearly your you're
1: wanting that kind of life. But guess what? You're a freaking mom. You don't get that choice anymore. Well, and she had that kind of
0: life before Kaylee. And she was kind of having the same life with Kaylee, but feeling guilty about it, obviously. Um. <sighs> Do you see that? Um, I guess the lead prosecutor named Linda Drain Burdick said responses to guilt are oh so predictable. What do guilty people do? They lie. They avoid. They run. They mislead. They divert attention from themselves and they act like nothing is wrong. Which is everything that Casey has done in this. Um, I won't go. On July 5th, 2011, so three years later, the jury finds Casey not guilty of counts one through three regarding first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and aggravated child abuse. They did find her guilty on four counts, um, or on counts four through seven, of providing false information to law enforcement. So count four it was that Anthony said that she was employed at Universal Studios during 2008, um, pursuant to the investigation of a missing persons report. Um, Count five was Anthony said that she had left Kaylee at an apartment complex with a babysitter, causing law enforcement to pursue the missing babysitter. And when they went to that apartment, no one had lived there in months. And um, Zanita Fernandez-Gonzalez was found it was a real person just by crazy random happenstance casey couldn't identify her in a lineup so she had never met this person in real life um count six was that anthony said that she informed two employees at universal studios jeff hopkins and juliette lewis at universal of the disappearance of kaylee count seven was anthony said that she had received a phone call and spoke to kaylee on july 15 2008 causing law enforcement to expand further resources So she was guilty of all four of those counts. She had already spent three years in prison or in jail. She was only, um, she was, I think she was sentenced to four years, but she had already served three and she had one left and she got out early because of good behavior. You know, um, one of the jurors had said like, that a lot of the evidence was circumstantial and that there was no evidence on whether or not she killed the child and there was still that doubt on whether or not she killed Kaylee or if she just tried to cover it up and um so that's why they did not convict her on the murder manslaughter or child abuse but on a positive note the there was a law made in Kaylee's name called Kaylee's law and um it would basic the law basically imposes stricter requirements on parents to notify law enforcement of the death or disappearance of a child it's just sad that that has to be a thing do you want to tell me about your story mine's sad i'm
1: really depressed now (laughs) mine's sad too
0: great
1: yeah so i am doing jean benet ramsey she was born august 6 1990 and died December 25th, 1996, which I think is kind of crazy because I was born in 1996. I was about eight months old whenever this all happened. But a little backstory on, like, the family. So the dad was John Bennett.
0: He has a few children. So the wife... Is his name... His name's John Bennett? and the yes. name, his, his name's John Bennett? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah.
1: Apparently the name is, like, a mixture of his middle name and the mom's first name, but the mom's name is
0: Patricia, and they call her Patsy. So I'm like, Benet, Patsy? I, I don't know. Oh. I mean, I like it. I, that's like the girl version of John Bennett. I get it. Yeah. i there.
1: Dad's name was John Bennett. Mom was Patsy Ramsey. Dad was born in 1943. Mom was born in 1956. Between the two, they have two children, Burke and Jean Benet. Burke was born in 87. And then, of course, Jean Benet was born in 1990. Before Patsy, John was married to another lady named Lucinda. And they had three kids together, Elizabeth... Melinda and John. Unfortunately, Elizabeth, the oldest child, she did pass away in 1992 at the age of 22 from a car crash.
0: I'm um, sorry, how many children named John does this guy need? Apparently, two. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like one too many. Think, I think it's
1: more like Jean Monnet, it's more like a. F- French sounding, I guess. I don't know. But then he you named. Your but then he has first. John Andrew. I don't know.
0: There's a lot of judgment coming from me right now. Oh, just wait. I'm not a super fan of people naming their chit, which is, <laughs> which is funny because I'm named after my dad. <laughs> so because my dad's name's Darren, and then I'm Jerry, and obviously John had the two kids. Hmm. Um, in 1991,
1: they moved from Atlanta to Boulder, Colorado for John's company that he created in 1989 called... Well, he formed the Advanced Product Group, which is one of three companies that merged to become Access Graphics, which is a computer service company with connections to Lockheed Martin, which is, like, a big thing. So they moved to Boulder, which is where the headquarters for Access Graphics was. They're in Boulder, Colorado, and all this takes place. In 1993, Patsy was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer and was in remission for 9 years up until 2002. And then she did die in 2006 from ovarian cancer. Oh, wow. But the whole story of Jean Monnet, on December 26, 1996, a two-and-a-half-page ransom note was found on the kitchen staircase in their home stating that Jean Monnet had been kidnapped. They were requesting, not really requesting, they were demanding um, 118000 be given in a certain amount of bills. And later on, the dad had mentioned that one hundred eighteen thousand, which was a very specific number. I was gonna say, why not round up to one hundred twenty? Or why not two hundred thousand? And that's one of the questions in this whole, what the heck is going on? So that amount was equal, almost equal to exactly what he made at his past Christmas bonus. Meaning, whoever the kidnapper what? is has to have wait, the information. Wait, wait. Oh yeah. Wait. He makes a lot of money. His Christmas bonus was one hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah. They live in a giant ass house. Real nice house. He makes a lot of money. That's just the That's bonus. That's more than I make like in Ever. a year. <laughs> That's more, That's than, more than, than I make in, make like, in like five two years.
0: Five years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the note was saying that we'll talk about the note first. So like I said, it was found on this, this staircase. It was demanding $118,000, which meant that the people who were apparently holding jean benet had some knowledge of his Christmas bonus. As to that, why else would they ask for that amount? In the note it was very specific about not involving police or friends and that they would call them between 8 and 10 a.m. the next morning. Immediately after she finds the note, she calls police and friends, tells them everything. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, I have to be incredibly honest with you. I do not think that if my child was kidnapped, I'd be calling my friends up. Yeah, it was like friends, family, they know they she told everybody. But you know much. what I you know what I mean? Like I call police, I might call my mama. Yeah. But like I'm not going to be calling hey, up Josie. my friends I was
1: friends with high school. guess what my daughter's missing. I was I'm literally going to say
0: Jody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I was going to be like, "What's up my girl Jody?" Like <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to be calling on my friends and be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, my kid's kidnapped."
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so <sighs> police came like a few minutes later. They got there. Real quick. Well that's um, good. That's a that's a that's a plus. Yeah. Um I'm nervous. So the next day the well, the whole police are there between eight and ten AM. They never called. And the Ramseys never called They never questioned. called the
0: police? No, no the never, no the, Ram- the
1: kidnappers never called got it, got it, got it and the family never said anything about it. They didn't mention. They were like, Oh, it's eight o'clock, okay. Tell I'd be vomiting
0: into a trash. I'd can be panicking at 8 o'clock. until that time. Yes. Like until they called. I'd be vomiting from eight to ten.
1: Yeah. Like maybe before that. Why would you but. not mention that? Or be like, hey guys, it's almost eight o'clock, we need to be ready. Are you gonna wiretap the phones? Like are you gonna be listening? We need to figure out who this is. No, nothing. Not not nothing at all. Nothing at all. And besides that, so police started looking into like employees who had worked at John's company. Because, obviously, if they knew the $118,000, yeah. it means they have to have some kind of knowledge of the bonus that he had gotten. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: another thing was the, um, the note was unusually long, and they had proof that the note was written in the house. You are not going to take the time to write a two-and-a-half-page note a in the house... Where you're kidnapping someone from? What if someone walks downstairs while you're in the middle of writing that? He's like, what the heck? Right the next great American novel. Seriously, like, and but they had also found the notepad and pen that they, so they didn't even
0: come prepared.
1: No, and most kidnappers do. If they're well, your, if they're gonna yeah. hammer anything, they're gonna have it.
0: It's called it
1: time efficiency. Seriously, yes, and that's what was one of the main like issues was the fact that it wasn't prepared. Like, it wasn't prepared in advance. Oh, my god! Like, when you're going to go kidnap someone and you have all these plans, g- your note's going to say something like, we have your daughter, give us as much money, drop it off here, we'll call between here. Like, mm-hmm. why couldn't they say that? And, they're, they're, like, the note on Wikipedia is just super,
0: it's super dumb. Um, I'm not about it. Also, I'm not I'm not trying to say it's cool to kidnap people. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say that if I was going to kidnap somebody, I, I would have the note, like, typed and proofread. Yeah. Get that spell check going. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have my other kidnap buddies look at it at least once. Does this sure like, it sound Should I good? change
1: this? Does that sound a little too dramatic?
0: Not... Write my rough draft in the home. Uh, I don't know. It sounds a little amateur to me, but I continue. Well, speaking of the note and a
1: practice draft were written with a pen and paper. What? This wasn't even.
0: This wasn't even the rough draft. This was the final draft. Yeah. I and don't know what to say for to the then.
1: long for a long time. Patsy, the mom, was suspected to be the writer of the ransom note. Ooh, I've heard of all the handwriting
0: analysis. Yes, on there her. was okay, a yeah. lot
1: of handwriting analysis. They thought it was her because was a very more feminine hand style. Everybody believed it was Patsy, uh, but a federal court ruled that it was very highly unlikely due to the citations of six handwriting experts, which excludes people who came forward and didn't have, like, credentials. People who just, mm. was like, oh yeah, that's definitely them. They were not included. It was actual experts you. who were included. So they have this note. The police are there. The night of this whole thing, it was just John Patsy Burke and Jean Bonnet. they had been at a Christmas party with friends. You know, they had Christmas, did everything else. So it's night of Christmas. Like I was saying, Patsy went against the ransom notes instructions, called police at 552 and called friends and family alerting them of what's going on. The police arrived three minutes later and conducted a search of the house and could not find any evidence of forced entry. Um, Officer Rick French went to the basement, um, which is a, this is a big house huge freaking house. So he goes to the basement and there is this door that had like a wooden latch um which he like stopped and like looked at, but obviously the latch was on, so there's no way the intruder could have ex- used that as like an exit. Um so he turned around, didn't think anything else of it. Whatever. Um so John was setting up arrangements to try and pay the ransom and at that time a forensic team was sent out um, They first believed that JonBenet had been kidnapped, and so they blocked off her room to prevent any kind of contamination of Mm -hmm. evidence, uh, since she was pretty much last seen being put to bed. Mm -hmm. The last thing they saw was, very end of the bed, you know, she's going to bed. At the same time, friends, family, and a few victims' advocates came over to, like, show support. They picked up and cleaned some surfaces in the kitchen, which possibly destroyed evidence.
0: Why are they still allowed to be at the house? Why can't they meet down yes, at the Starbucks? that is one of the million things that's wrong Why can't they case? go to their friend's house for support?
1: Or just say, hey, thinking of you. Thoughts and prayers coming your way. Thanks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
0: to America. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, let's see. So, Detective Linda Arndt. I don't know how to say her last name. It's A-R-N-D-T. Arndt? I think it's Arndt. Okay. Sure. So detective Arndt arrived around 8 a.m. to await the kidnapper's instructions, but they never called. If you're going to be kidnapping somebody and expecting a huge amount of money, and you say you're going to call, you're going to call. And one of the things that I read in the note, so I've said it multiple times now, um, the note said to not contact police, and if police were contacted, they would kill jean Bonnet. If friends were contacted, they would kill jean Bonnet. If anything that they were told not to do happens they're gonna kill her Mm -hmm. she did everything against the note everything don't know how to follow the rules nope so next um around 1 p.m so this is obviously a few hours later um detective are asked john their neighbor fleet white and a family friend to search the house to see if anything seemed like amiss John immediately takes a makes a beeline to the basement, opened the latch that the officer French had overlooked, and found Jean Bonnet in one of the rooms dead. If he had just opened the dang door, he would have found her. Why did he like run to this room immediately? Nobody knows. That is the first place he looked. Why is that the first place he looked? In the multiple articles that I said, it said the word beeline specifically. He went straight there. He knew exactly where to look. So yeah, so when he found her, she had duct tape over her mouth, um, nylon cords around her wrist and her neck, and her torso was covered by a white blanket. Mr. Smarty over here picks her up immediately, takes her upstairs, and puts another blanket over her and lays her down, contaminating every piece of freaking evidence. And he was told Mm. to leave everything as it was. He was told, if you find anything, leave it there. What does he do? Picks her up. Am I not...
0: My first reaction is not to touch things. Yes. Like, I wouldn't want to mess anything up.
1: Especially if I'm worried about... I just found my daughter dead. One, I don't really want to touch a dead body. I mean, I don't know how I would really act, like, in the moment. But if I know that there is a crime that was committed... If anything, call whoever needs
0: to be called. My first reaction would be scream my damn head off. Yes, like, oh my (laughs)
1: god, she's down here, I found her, I found her, come take pic, like, come here, somebody help, I found her, and then let them take pictures, Mm -hmm. and then hope, I mean, maybe, probably not, but maybe, after they get what they need, they will let you pick her up and move her. Probably. Yeah. Like, the, oh my gosh. Yeah, so he contaminated... The entire crime scene, before any of the forensic teams could even get down there... So anything around her body is now Mm. contaminated. There's no... Who... We don't don't have pictures of how she was laying. We don't have anything of how her body was... Yeah, so they all... After that, they all provided blood, hair, and handwriting samples. John and Patsy were interviewed extensively for a few hours, and Burke was interviewed a few weeks later. Well, and he's like, what? Nine, ten? Yeah, so now
0: what's going So, yeah, on? I mean, interviewing a nine-year-old without parents is, like, illegal.
1: Yeah. But it took them a few weeks to even let them, let him be interviewed. Like, they pretty much wouldn't let him be interviewed. But yeah, so, now on to the autopsy. Um, the autopsy revealed that she had been killed by strangulation and a skull fracture. Mm. Um, with this, so one of the things they checked for, um, there was no evidence of conventional rape, although... Sexual assault could not be ruled out. Um, Semen was not found, but there was evidence of vaginal injury. Um, Mm. The pathologist noted during the autopsy that it appeared that her vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth. But her death was ruled a homicide. Obviously, that was not a natural death. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if I'm saying this word right, but a -A garret, G-A-R-R-O-T-T, was made from a nylon cord and a broken handle of a paintbrush... Was tied around her neck. So the nylon cord was tied to this handle and used to strangle her. Um, like to make the cord tighter. Yeah. Um, and that had been found in the bristle part had been found in a tub of Patsy's art supplies in the basement. But the third, like the bottom third part of the brush was never found. Um, even though the entire house had been like extremely searched, like thoroughly searched. Um, during the autopsy, a vegetable or fruit material, which may represent pineapple, was found, showing that she may have eaten pineapple a few hours before her death. With this, a lot of people believe, obviously that's true, um, photographs of the home taken of the day that her body was found. In the kitchen, there was a bowl of pineapple with a spoon in it. Um, neither John nor Patsy remember putting the bowl out or even giving it to her. So she didn't, they didn't give it to her. But Burke's fingerprints were found on the bowl. Mm. Yeah. And during this whole thing, they state that Burke had slept through the entire night from the time they put him to bed until a few hours after the police arrived. So that's the, he slept the entire night through.
0: What, how is he asleep while the police are there?
1: Yeah. Like, they're not loud. You're not telling, hey, your sister's dead or your sister's missing. Come here. Are you safe? You're not making sure your child, your other child's safe? Like, and if he slept through the entire night, how is his handprints on the bowl? Yes. And Pineapple... Is not something that you can just keep out. It's not like you have sliced. I mean, it's sliced pineapple. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can just like keep. It it's out not like just out a whole pineapple that's just sitting there for a few days. That's fine. It's a bowl of pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, beliefs of what happened is that she came down, woke up in the middle of the night. He was eating pineapple, and she took some. He got upset and hit her. Hurting her, but what doesn't make any sense is why would the cords be wrapped around her neck in that weird be- way? Exactly. I did not know that it was
0: wrapped in that way.
1: Yeah, like it would make sense to me. It, okay, none of this would make sense to me. I can't even I can't even say that. Like I can't even <laughs> like justify saying anything like that. I can't even say that. But makes sense. <laughs> one of the reasons was that you know he struck her, she fell down. There was a two dots on that on her back that looked similar to like a taser, like a stun gun that they never figured out what it was from but okay. apparently one of his toy trains matched it perfectly and they think that maybe he like poked her after she had died but again i don't really never really found anything about yeah. did he strangle her i don't think a 9-year-old is strong enough to strangle his little sister
0: i mean
1: no yeah yeah so that's just one of the things um, but there was a, a blood sample found. So in 2003, forensic investigators were able to extract enough material uh, from a blood sample found on her underwear and long johns. Enough, they were able to gather enough material to establish a DNA profile. They figured out that the sample belonged to an unknown male and was not the DNA of any of the Ramseys. It was entered through CODIS, which is a database that contains more than 1.6 million DNA profiles. Um, but the sample did not match any of the profiles in the database which is weird Um, later on in 2016 a report said that new forensic analysis with more sensitive techniques revealed that the dna contained genetic markers from two individuals other than that of john Bonet, meaning that the samples are more than likely from multiple people now with this there has been many controversies so some people believe that whoever killed her did it which means there must have been multiple people who killed her um they also tried to blame, or not really blame, but say that the sample could have come from somebody at the factory where the clothing was made, Mm -hmm. because people, you can, you shed DNA constantly. Yeah. And things happen, which accidental things happen, like whether it was put there on purpose or on accident or whatever, there's no way, no, to this day, we don't know whose it is. I think it's ridiculous. So for the investigation, for most of this, so John and Patsy were initially the focus of Boulder police. But by October 1997, they had over uh, 1,600 people in their index of persons of interest. 1,600 people. That's a lot. A lot. How do you narrow? Freaking down? a
0: lot. Like, <clears throat> and if freaking John Bennett had just left it be, it probably wouldn't have been that yeah, long. They probably
1: could have figured out something. So for the investigation, there was many errors, including loss and contamination of e- evidence lack of experienced and technical staff on the investigation, evidence shared with the Ramses and delayed interviews with the parents made it complicated to find resolution of the investigation. So this, the whole thing is just crap. From the beginning to now, it's still freaking crap. Because, I mean, the fact that that one officer didn't look downstairs, they could have saved them
0: hours well, and, like, that latch doesn't mean anything. That like, that's, it. like, yes, I'm not going to look in this closet because it's All closed. because he's
1: looking for intruders. He's looking for any way that an intruder could have gone. Why wouldn't you have gone down to the basement? Because in the basement, by the way, there was an open window. But it was, like, a broken open window. And one of the things is that it was staged that way. And then part of Burke's interview, I believe. I haven't watched it in a while. I should have watched it, but I didn't have time. Um... He mentioned how one time they got locked out of the house and they had to go through the basement. And so the dad had to break the window and that's why it was open. But there was also a boot print or a footprint next to the window, but nobody could figure out where it's from. Also, there was a suitcase down there and nobody knew who it was. Whose it was? How do you not know? Just a random And suitcase. they had, one the basement that they had was a huge freaking basement. It had like extra rooms down there. So it wasn't just a basic like little like storage area. It was like a whole other, like house, pretty much. It had extra room, oh was a bathroom. There was it was extra. But to help with this investigation, Detective Lou Smith came out of retirement early in 1997 to help with the investigation. He concluded that evidence pointed away from the Ramsey family. Um, there were two lead investigators that had opposing views. Both of them ended up resigning. Lou Smith being one because he believed that the investigation had incom- incompetently been overlooked the intruder hypothesis. So they didn't look enough into it and it's just there's so much that was completely overlooked and it's too late now. So he resigned. Uh, The next one was Steve Thomas because the DA had interfered with and failed to support the police investigation during this whole thing. Yep. So in September of 1998, a grand jury was convened to consider indicting the Ramseys for charges related to the case. Um, In 1999, they returned a true bill to charge them with placing a child at risk in a way that led to her death and with obstructing an investigation of murder. I'm like, duh.
0: Well, that's at the minimum, but all right. Yeah,
1: but they were not um, prosecuted by attorney Alex Hunter because he did not believe that he could meet higher standard of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt that is required for a criminal investigation. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Well, in 2002, Boulder defense attorney Mary Lacey took over Um, She agreed with a federal judge that the evidence suit is more consistent with a theory that an intruder murdered Jean Bonnet than it was at a theory that Miss Ramsey did. So, with that, apparently people thought that Patsy had gotten upset with Jean Bonnet because Jean Bonnet had had episodes of Wedding the Bed. And that she got so upset that she struck her, which killed her, so they had to cover it up. So, Patsy wrote the note, Patsy did all that. Like,
0: mmm. There is no reason
1: to hit a child. A six-year-old who can't control what they're doing in their sleep.
0: No.
1: You think they just sat up and was like, I'm going to pee right here. Like, no. That's not at all. There is a reason for it. But no one can ever prove that because she did not have a history of of violence, pretty much. Mm. Like, she had no history. Even Burke was like, you know, we were never spanked as kids, let alone being able to kill your child. Okay. But yeah, so, on July 9th, 2008, Boulder DA office announced that the Ramsey family members were excluded as suspects due to newly developed DNA sampling and testing techniques, so then Miss frickin' Mary Lacey publicly exonerated, exonerated the Ramseys, like, made it, like, a big thing. Gotcha. Um, so that's, like, that's it, pretty much, like, the dad did remarry. He, he was believed to have a relationship with another child that was murdered, the, like, with the mom. Like, they had gone to, like, I guess, like, victim's class or something, and they, they had apparently started dating, but he denied it. But he did get remarried in 2011. But there are a few, like, theories and more suspects. Two main theories. The first one is the family theory, So statistically, and this is quoted, statistically it is 12 to 1 probability that it's a family member or caregiver who is involved in the homicide of a child. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That is Um, crazy. The police saw no evidence of an intruder, but did see evidence of staging the scene. That there's like no way to prove anything. And during this whole time, the Ramseys were not cooperative in helping to solve the murder. But they said that their reluctance was because they feared that a full investigation for intruders would not be sought out and that they would be the main suspects especially when you're not trying to help why wouldn't you help find out who the intruders were and get that you're gonna have to get that out of the way anyways every inve- every murder investigation started that they look at the first they look at the family members and then they move on once they've said that you're not you didn't do it but no they just had to be difficult my gosh um, so with john they were saying that you know he immediately went to the basement found john name. he was told to leave everything but no one picks her up takes the tape off he even took the tape off her mouth oh my god took the blanket off her put another blanket on her destroying any and all evidence so a lot of people believe that he obviously knew something mm-hmm. and he was trying to i mean i feel like he would have said like oh don't go to the basement or something like if you really don't people will go down there yeah but obviously i already people, checked it out it's all yeah, Gucci. the one officer who was sent down there said oh i didn't find anything so he's like okay cool once if they make us go down there I'll be the one to go look. And oh that's gosh. just what I think. And like I was saying, so Burke was also someone who they thought was part of it. So he was interviewed three times. The first two interviews did not raise any concerns. Um, a child psycho- psychologist stated that the Ramseys had a very healthy, caring family relationship. And like I said, he was believed to be the killer for a little bit because mm-hmm. she was found with a gash on her head that matched a flashlight that is found in the kitchen photos. Huh. And it was like, I think it said it was like an 8-inch gash that matched the flashlight perfectly. There's a few other people that they thought that had done it. Um, one of them was this electrician who, I thought this one was kind of uh, random, his name was Michael Helgoff. Um He worked in a nearby salvage yard. He was a Hellraiser tied to an alleged property dispute involving the Ramses. And they think that could have served as a possible motivation to seek revenge on the family and kidnap her. Because mm. um, they did find, officials did find a boot print similar to his near the Ramsey home around that time. And as soon as he caught wind of this, that he may be a suspect, he killed himself. Wow, yeah. okay. Uh, and, this, and that was two days after the press conference in 1997 announcing that they were zeroing in on a new suspect. That's zero to a
0: hundred real quick. Yeah.
1: Um, there was also this crazy guy, what is his name? How about I had it. He claimed to be the killer of her. Yes, John Mark Carr, he was a 41-year-old elementary school teacher, was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand, after he, he had emailed this author and claimed and confessed to murdering her that he had drugged, sexually assaulted her, and then accidentally killed her. And he described it in, like, gruesome detail. Ew. But the thing is, is that the de- most of the details that he provided were stuff that was, like, common knowledge of yeah. her death, and there's no. They did a drug test on her. No proof that there was drugs. Like they, he, mm. cl- he clearly was not there. And yeah, he's crazy. He had a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm pretty sure I think he got in trouble for sexual assault somebody else at some point. Um, the intruder theory. They followed leads for intruders after finding an unidentified boot mark left in the basement where her body was found. That boot mark by the window. Mm-hmm. A few people who were early interests. Where their neighbor, Bill McReynolds, who played the Santa at the Christmas parties, and he apparently paid a little too much attention to Jean Monnet. Ew. He has since passed away, though. Um, mm. Their housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh, um, apparently she had asked them for money multiple times, which they kept denying. So, so my sister and I were talking about it. My mm-hmm. sister likes not likes this case, but is interested in this case. And she was talking about how... Like, Jean Monnet was very sexualized because she was in pageants, yes. and they blamed that for a lot. Um, well, you know, didn't she have, like, a stalker? There was a whole bunch of things that she had, a stalker, that people would follow her to her pageants. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, but this has been the most frustrating, like, I think because it is Unsolved, no, and I do yeah. not like Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. I tried watching Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. I can't they, do like, it. revamped it. I can't do it. I cry through the whole thing. Yes, And then I'm mad that there's not an ending. Yes. And so I think that's why these are so, like, frustrating for us. Well, thanks for
1: listening. Um, Hope you guys, I don't want to say enjoyed that, but,
0: (laughs) uh, like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I hope you felt our pain. Well, thank you guys for listening, even though this episode was, like we said, difficult. A little bit of a bummer. Yes. If you want more information, if you want to see photos from this episode, or if you just want to chit-chat, you know, with us, uh, check us out at the Weird Wives Club podcast on Instagram. You can also check out our website, weirdwivesclub.wixsite.com slash podcast. What else? It, oh, if you have any... Crazy stories that you want to tell us of true crime, cults, conspiracy theories, ghost stories. We'll take it all. We're interested in all the weird. Let us
1: know. Send us pictures. Let us know your your stories and we might end up doing an episode on it.
0: Yes. Send us an email at weirdwivesclub at gmail.com or you can send us a DM on Instagram and we will definitely let you know if we turn it into an episode. Heck yeah. Well, we will see you guys next time. See? Yeah. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs)